ओम ज्ञान In both verses, the word is used is sadrisham, which means just suitable. One is suitable for the other. They both have such exalted qualities. So, just as Rudmini heard about the qualities of Krishna and decided that, then understand. There is Abhi Jarah. So just as Rukmini heard about the qualities of Krishna and decided that I don't want anyone else for my husband, only Krishna. Even if I have to die and be reborn many, many lifetimes without a husband, I'll only settle on Krishna as my husband. So similarly, Rukmini, uh, Krishna, he heard about the qualities of Rukmini. And he thought that, well, she is qualified to be my wife. I can't think of anyone else in that time. There so many others waiting to be married in the future. But Krishna thought, yes, this indeed, Rupini must be my wife. And in fact, later on we'll find that Rupini sent a messenger to Krishna that Please come and kidnap me. Unusual message. That Krishna himself told the Brahmana that yes, just as Rukmini is thinking of me, I am always thinking of her. In fact, I can't even sleep at night. I'm simply thinking about Rukmini. It seems that Krishna is falling in love. It's one of the things that happens when you fall in love. You can't sleep at night because you're always thinking about your beloved. So this is the situation with Krishna and Rukmini. And actually they are the ideal husband and wife. Just as it is said, Lakshmi and Arayan are the ideal husband and wife. So Rukmini and Krishna are none other than Lakshmi and Narayan. Of course, Rukmini's position is somewhat different too and even more exalted than that of Lakshmi and the Vaikunda planets. But the mood in which Rukmini serves Krishna and relates with Krishna is very much like that of Lakshmi and Krishna also uh, behaves very much with her in that way. A mood of great awe and reverence, respectfulness, respectability permeates the relationship. And even sometimes Krishna shows forehands to Rukmini as he did for instance when Krishna was teasing Rukmini that now I think when she was she already had grandchildren at that time and Krishna was saying to her that well actually you know you made a mistake you married me I'm simply a useless fellow I'm simply a coward I ran away from all the kings and builders fought here in Dwaraka you know, I'm not a very high caste. I was just running around in my childhood in the village. Whereas you're from a very high caste family and you're, you have so many good qualities. Whereas 
I'm, I'm, everyone knows I'm simply a cheater and a liar and I have no good qualities whatsoever. And even many people worship me, but I simply make them into beggars. I don't reciprocate with them. So many people worship me in love and in reciprocation I simply take away whatever they have. So actually I'm a completely useless fellow, whereas you are full of all good qualities. Therefore, I think it's better you should have married someone else. Well, never mind. Everyone makes mistakes, especially in your, in your youth. People tend to be bewildered. So you married me in your youth. But anyway, it's never too late. Life's not over yet. Why don't you leave me and go and marry someone else like Shishupan? as he wanted to. So this was Krishna teasing Rukmini and joking with her, but she couldn't understand that Krishna was joking with her, so she fainted. She fell on the ground like a banana tree blown down in the storm. So at that time, Krishna manifested four arms before her. Two arms to pick her up with and two arms to put her hair back in shape and everything like this. So the relationship between Rukmini and Krishna is very much like that of Lakshmi Narayana. <laughs> and this is the Hare Krishna. Any sound coming from This is supposed to be the, not supposed to be, this is actually the ideal that Krihastas in this world can follow. Now yesterday I was also quoting Rukmini at the same time after the same incident when Krishna teased her and she fainted and again she came to her senses and then she addressed Krishna and one of the things she said was that no woman should accept any man as her shelter understanding that any man of this material world what she is she taking shelter of simply a, a, a bag of bones, blood, stool, and muscles decorated some by some hair and mustaches and called king or husband or some such title. So Rukmini was addressing the position of materialistic people. Uh, so from this it may seem that, well, well, we should marry. And in one sense, Yes, everyone should simply accept Krishna is their husband. Krishna is the supreme master. And in relationship with him, everyone is simply enjoy. He is the bogi and everyone else is bogya. That to be enjoyed. However, it is an ongoing fact of this material world that most people get married. <laughs> And naturally, when a young man of marriageable age is thinking how to find some young woman who is suitable for him, and vice versa, a young woman is thinking of And in family life, if it's an, actually an ideal family life, when the, the wife sees her husband as Narayana, and the husband sees the wife as just like Lakshmi, known as Griha Lakshmi, just like the goddess of fortune in the home. And it's stated that in the home,
where there is no quarrel between husband and wife, then Lakshmi herself will come and reside there. And it's said that the wife was very, was just like Lakshmi, that she's very submissive to her husband and very chaste and serves him very nicely. And in such a home where such chaste women are respected, then the goddess of fortune herself personally comes and resides. So naturally, every young man is looking for a representative of Lakshmi in this world. And every young woman is looking for a representative of Narayana. Now, realistically speaking, most men are not on the level of Narayana, and most women are not on the level of Lakshmi. If we see, for instance, some of the qualities that are mentioned, just like Rup, the form of Vishnu or Lakshmi, no human beings can have such a beautiful form. So we may be looking for a very good-looking husband or good-looking wife, but actually none can be as good-looking as Narayana or Lakshmi, Krishna or Rukmini. It's not possible because their forms are original Satyadanandamai forms. And the forms of this material world are, as Rukmini has said, made of blood, stool, mucus, pus, urine, muscles, fat, and all these things. And everyone gets a different kind of body according to their karma. So some people have very beautiful forms, at least according to our estimation, according to Rukmini's estimation. They're simply bags of mucus, etc. And some people have they're, they're quite ugly bodies, and most people have something in between, either very beautiful, nor very non-beautiful, but something in between, according to one's karma. So in youth, one has it. And then as it gets older, it deteriorates so that the beautiful young woman of today is the not very beautiful old woman of later on. However, even though one's body may not be, it's not possible to be so beautiful and not everyone can expect to marry the most beautiful man or woman, it's also but at least in traditional Vedic culture, everyone was trained, at least among cultured people, everyone was trained so that they would develop the qualities of Lakshmi and Narayana. It's not possible that everyone had the good looks or the uh, wealth of Lakshmi and Narayana. That is not possible. But everyone can try to develop the qualities of Lakshmi and Narayana, and that training was there. But young men, they were trained to be responsible. And responsible, that means that they're also, I'll come back to that. So they're trained to be responsible, that means they have to look after their families, because they're going to stay a brahmachari, it means that they're responsible, they're not just become a brahmachari because, well, it's easier. 
do a little bhajan and then you don't have to worry about maintaining the family. Actually, from the spiritual point of view, it makes more sense for a young man not to marry. If he's interested in spiritual life, which that makes sense, then we should simply remain unmarried, chant Hare Krishna, not have any family entanglement, and go back to Godhead. However, if one thinks that, well, I'll just get married because it's too much headache to get married, which it certainly is. You don't believe it? I simply have so much headache to maintain. Even Prabhupada said that in Kali Yoga, to maintain a family, it's like maintaining a great empire. It's such a big endeavor. So if one thinks that, well, you know, it's just too much headache to get married, but one doesn't have any strong desire to be Krishna conscious, then he'll end up living a, a life as a, a Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say, a Babu Brahmacharya. Or a Makamethi, instead of a Grihamethi, Makamethi. In other words, you live in the mud, in the ashram. But you are, you are living a very comfortable life. No real strong desire to be Krishna conscious. Simply do a little savor, whatever you need, and then eat nicely, sleep nicely, and like this. So, that is not a responsible way. One should be responsible. Every man should work hard. Either he should work either to maintain his family, or if he's a brahmachari, then brahmachari guru kuvayapasandhanta guru and Brahmacharya thinks of the Guru only for the benefit of the Guru, not for his own benefit. And he lives there as a menial servant or a slave, just like a, someone who's kept as a servant. Whatever, just menial servant, whatever you are asking, that is Brahmacharya. That is the meaning of Ashram. Shram means work. And A is a, it is an intensifier, which means hard work, more work. It's not Ashram. Ashram means no work. Ashram, which is the actual word, means more work. So that is service to Guru and Krishna and is in the ashram. And in the family life is one who wants to meet a family He should be responsible for his duty to maintain the family and not simply to say to the wife, you treat me as Narayan, massage my feet, and that's all. But he has to be responsible to maintain the family and also to act in an ideal manner to give an example to his children and also to be a responsible member of society that previously, of course, modern life has destroyed all family and social structure, but previously um, people would live in small groups, not big groups, they would be living in a village or they would be living Town means not a very big town, they'd be living in particular quarters, Brahmana's quarters, Vaishya's quarters, 
like this. So they have their caste traditions and they were expected to live a very respectable life. Every man was supposed to live a very responsible and moral life. And in this way he was respectable as Narayana, because the wife would respect the husband as being just like Narayana. And the wife, Rihalakshmi, she would serve life of service, life of sacrifice, serving the husband, elderly parents, and children, when it's required by God's arrangement that women have to serve, especially the children, children required to be served. Young babies, they're, and they're completely dependent upon their mothers, especially for food, for protection, for caring, for teaching them so many things, for saving the children, because if you don't watch the children 24 hours a day, they'll kill themselves mostly. So they always have to be looked at. So, that is the role of women Lady Elja, and even though they, it's not expected that every husband and wife can be exactly like Lakshmi and Narayan, at least not in form, but in qualities they can invite that. And even if the husband is not 100% like Narayan in qualities, and the wife is not 100% like Lakshmi in qualities, Everyone's in this material world. It's not that everyone's perfect. But the, the fault and the whole of the fault should be overlooked. And this way the family life can go on very peacefully. Of course, the fault means if there's some minor there's some major fault that should be corrected. But the commitment is there. Just like we see Krishna was saying to Rukmini, he was suggesting actually to her that we divorce pretty amazing suggestion. But if he was joking but actually there was no question. Krishna, he not only married 16,108 wives, but he looked after every one of them very nicely. He arranged a great palace for them, there were so many maid servants for every one of them. And Krishna not only arranged for their physical needs, but Krishna also spent time with every one of his wives by expanding himself in 16,101 forms. And in this way, he spent some time with his family members also, that he would describe them now and when he was visiting the different palaces of Krishna. In one palace he saw that Krishna was petting his children, looking after his children, in another one, he was sharing some joking words with one of his wives. And there were so many different activities Krishna was doing. Sometimes he was consulting with his ministers. Sometimes he was arranging for his children to get married. Sometimes he was arranging to go on a hunting expedition. So he had a multifarious life. He wasn't just sitting at home all day. And he wasn't also outside all day, like so many men in the modern age who simply go out to work and they're always simply a, a base for which they go out to work and even they don't 
They hardly eat at home because they don't have time. And practically the only thing they do at home is sleep. It's about all they do. Or if they come home, they simply turn on the TV. And so they really don't have much time for their family. They don't spend time with their family. And many men lament that my job is giving me so much pressure that I don't have time for their family. But Krishna wasn't like that. Krishna said the ideal example. He wasn't. Again, he wasn't simply sitting at home. But he was outside doing what he had to do. And he would also come home and spend time with his family. So in this way, Krishna showed the idea of a very balanced family life. Sometimes outside, sometimes inside. Prabhupada also described that the man, he deals with outside affairs. And the wife, she deals with inside affairs. She's also a manager. She's managing the home, which can be it's a full-time job. Nowadays, they are denigrating the status of housewives. Oh, you're only a housewife. Only a housewife. You should go out and become a fighter pilot. Or more likely a factory worker or whatever. And they're telling all women should go out to work. But being at home is also, it's a very responsible position. Because you women have to bring out the children, which is a very important function. Because if they're the children are brought up nicely, but without their mother's love and care and guidance, then they'll all turn out to be rascals. They'll all be uh, emotionally deprived. I use all these terms. But it's a fact. And children, if they simply at home, no one has time for them, they require so much affection and looking after and training and guidance, but no one has time for them. Or even worse, if there's no one there at home for them, because the mothers also have to work, and the children come home from school to an empty home, then uh, they go up without any, they, they don't have feelings of affection because they never had them properly, never had them properly given to them. So they grow up very hard and harsh. So this is very bad for the individuals. It's very bad for society, and it's very bad for bhakti also. Because if someone is hard-hearted, how can they be a devotee? Krishna consciousness means to become soft-hearted. That is the description of praying. Praying means when the heart becomes very soft. Krishna. So of course, affectionate relationships in this material world, they are converting reflection. Of Krishna. But it is easy to change, it is easier to go from a perverted reflection to the actual point that, in other words, if one has affection for family members, then it's easier to develop affection for Krishna because at least the feeling of affection is there. But if there's no feeling of affection in the heart whatsoever, if one's heart is simply hard, then you have to make a it's very, very difficult. Such a person is a demon. Okay, and that means they're actually demonic. They don't care for anyone else. They only think in terms of their own interests. And they have no idea of sharing, loving feelings with others. And therefore, the only happiness in life is sense pleasure 
And maybe they also take pleasure in giving pain to others. We see this in a modern society. There are so many cases of absolutely grotesque examples of behavior. People capture others, torture them, and mistreat them. And they, they take pleasure in that. And for their own pleasure, a demoniac person can do anything horrible. Sometimes people also do that because and another manifestation of the uh, emotionally disturbed minds which are very common in the modern age is that people do something extraordinarily horrible just to gain the attention of others. Because as a child, of course this is all what we might call psychological analysis, but how about also states and usual punishments with this, the modern psychologists, they have some insights into the working of the human mind. So, you see that sometimes because children, they never got sufficient attention from their mothers in particular. Mothers in particular, most of the Fathers also, but in a different way. Mothers are very affectionate and kind of loving. Father should be somewhat strict. So they get their attention in another way. So they get both of them. So if they didn't get any attention and then no one cared for them in, in their childhood, then they may uh, go out and shoot 20 people dead. Get a lot of attention. It's one way of getting attention. Because there's so much starved of, of any of, of any love or affection and they do such places and such things unfortunately are not unusual in the modern age. It's become part of American country in Britain also that someone just pulls out a gun and shoots many people that usually got kids because there's so much starved and affection. So we see that here we're reading Krishna Lila and what is the what is the essence here? Why is it so attractive? What is it about Krishna Lila that's so attractive? Of course Krishna has many wonderful activities, lifting over downhill, and Krishna is fighting single-handedly to summon demons and big big armies. And Krishna is small, it's very beautiful. So all these things are very attractive. Krishna is all attractive. Krishna is attractive in every way. Everything about Krishna is attractive. But the essence of the attractiveness of these pastimes is that Krishna is very loving and kind, very affectionate to his devotees. And his devotees are also very loving towards Krishna, even if sometimes it looks, it appears to be different between Krishna and Rukmini, apart from that one occasion, it's very clear that their dealings are of pure love. But sometimes with other devotees, it appears as if they're fighting and even calling each other bad names, as we see here chanting every morning. Lampaka chant this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the 
Rule of Srimadhyayana is saying that Krishna is a lumpa, which means he's a very bad character. If you say that about someone, it means you're criticizing them in a very bad way. So, it appears that Krishna is like that. That means he neglects his devotees, but he does that to increase their love for him. And they sometimes criticize him, but they do, they criticize him like that only because they have the most intense love. So this is sometimes difficult to understand, but it is a fact, and most important fact, in the whole universe and beyond all the universes, that Krishna loves his devotees and his devotees love him, and there is no comparison to the loving relationships between Krishna and his devotees. So this is the essence this is the key, this is what Krishna consciousness is all about. We emphasize very much service, do service, but that service, why do service? Because that will awaken our loving beings. Krishna service is the basis of praying of love for Krishna. So that is the goal of all the devotees, to awaken their loving beings for Krishna, following the footsteps of Rukmini and Krishna. When we hear about these pastors, you may think, well, we are not so. I mean, there are better love stories, you can say. You can read, uh, even in the Mahabharata, we have the famous stories of Nala and Damayanti, in particular, Sabati and Satyavan. These are also love stories. So, you may think, well, what's our spirit? Christian movement, yeah, it's a nice story, but there are other nice stories also. One time, one, now I asked her about that. But you see, you've written so many books, but you hardly mentioned the Maharaj Nala. It's really nothing to do with Maharaj Nala. Nala is, Maharaj is the story. Nala and Damayanti is a great love story. King Nala, how he, influenced by the personality of Kali, abandoned his wife, who then went through, they both went through many difficulties. And they wanted to meet each other, but they were separated by fate. And eventually, due to their love for each other, they were again united. So it's a, it's a great love story. The prophets have nothing to do with Maharajna. It's from the Mahabharata, but it's a mundane, it's a mundane story. It shows how his, his, uh, Children, baby pigeons, were captured in the net of a hunter. And then his wife was also captured, and he came and saw them all captured. And in the Bhagavatam it describes that the male pigeon, seeing all his wife and family caught in the trap, in the net of the hunter, lamented and said, Oh, now my, everything of mine is finished, and he also painted and fell in the net. The Prabhupada gave a different twist to the story and said that the pigeon seeing this said, Well, now my family is finished, I might as well take some gas. So, Prabhupada is in a different mood, there are different ways of approaching this matter, this complex matter of relationships in this material world. One way, in general manner, is that a man should be very Responsible, loving towards his wife, vice versa, wife towards the husband. But then, from the transcendental point of view, anyway, 
chanted the Dalakas of Krishna generally, which means renunciation based on knowledge. However, within family life, one is not encouraged to renounce prematurely, one is supposed to at least formally set a good example within family life. So there are uh, different ways of looking at this, but we see that Krishna and Rukmini, what is the essence of their affairs? They're just like Nala and Damayant and their attraction to each other. It was actually Maya that was illusory, but the attraction between Krishna and Rukmini it is real because it is on the platform of eternality and that is the essence of reality as it is understood in its most, in the most real way. The essence is love. Krishna is simply full of love for his devotees. So in my bodies, they deny the love of this material world, which is okay, it's alright. Uh, but they come to the position of neutrality, of no love. Whereas the devotees, they want to continue to be loving relationships to Krishna, that's what they want to say. Then why is it to Krishna looking at What is so attractive? Why do you listen to the story of what Why is it so attractive when it's the plot isn't very complex. I mean, in America, there's so many novels with very complex plots and love stories. Not a very complex plot. It's a very simple plot. That Rukmini, of course, it's a true story. The, the story is that Rukmini, she uh, was betrothed to a man she didn't like, so she sent a message to Krishna Krishna kidnapped her and took her away. It's a very simple story. There's no some currents going on, and see another, another woman, we had someone else on the side. We have all these modern stories where a woman is, she has her husband and two other boyfriends, and she's trying to solve many complex things. So uh, it's a very straightforward plot, but why is it so attractive that we're leading after so many years? And this, this story of Krishna Nukhani is actually far more well known and popular than Ramayana. Why is that? Because it is only this is Ananda Chinmaya Rasa. This is spiritual love. This is the real thing. By hearing about this, we can also develop our real loving feelings for Krishna. So this is the tenth chapter of Bhagavatam. This is dealing with the essence. The essence of the essence. Srimad Bhagavatam is Sarvade took, after confronting all the leaders and Indihasas and and all the different literatures, he made the essence of that, which is the Vedanta Sutra. And then the essence of the essence of that is Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's the essence of all the traditions, and the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam is the tenth canto. And what is the subject of the tenth canto? Of the tenth canto, it is simply Ananda Chinmaya Rasa. How Krishna is enjoying loving affairs with his devotees.
non-devotees they can't appreciate that why is why do people have so much interest in Krishna's yeah, after so many thousands of years they still need Krishna still in the Bhagavad So what? Some kid five thousand years ago stole some butter. Then uh, what's the big thing? Even if a kid nowadays steals butter, they won't even get in the newspaper. What to speak of being immortalized, sung about, pictures painted about it, discussed, songs being sung about it. Well, that just goes to show that Krishna's part is stealing, Krishna's fiance stealing, in the case of Rukmini. All Krishna's activities are of a different category altogether, which are Shinu Sukadam, Shubadam, they give, hearing them gives actual happiness and auspiciousness in this otherwise miserable material world. So this is the special secret, but no one can enter into Krishna Bhakti unless he has that feeling for Krishna that we actually, actually, Krishna is very wonderful, and our whole aim is to meet Krishna, just like Rukmini, she was prepared to die many times. If she couldn't get Krishna as her husband, she was not going to settle for anything. She could have settled for Shishupal, she could have said, well, uh, I really wanted to marry Krishna, but anyway, it couldn't happen. I got the job with Shishupal. So anyway, Shishupal, he's also a king, and he's going to die, and you know, he's also powerful, and he's got lots of money, and you know, it's okay. Nothing wrong with him. She could have settled for Shishupal. He was a big shot in the material world. He wasn't one of the foot soldiers. When Krishna fought with Jarasandhasami, he killed so many soldiers, you won't find that even in the Bhagavatam. Shishupal's name is there. He was a big man in society. So she could have said, okay, Shishupal, he's my husband. Alright, nothing wrong with that. Could have done worse. But she only wanted Krishna. If I can't get Krishna, then what's the point of even being alive? I might as well burn myself now. So that should be the attitude of the devotee. Come get Krishna, and what's the use? Whatever else I may do, I might be a fighter, fighter, or whatever. It's considered some prestigious position. So um, whatever, I may be the CEO of a company, I may be a computer expert, or, but what is the use? Unless we get love of Krishna. So this is the feeling of devotee small workers. Send them up. I must develop a love of Krishna. Loving things, praying to Krishna, chanting Hare Krishna. Krishna, please give me love. But that love cannot be there. So many material designs. So we have to channel our material designs into Krishna, which again coming back. That's what we have to make the Krishna consciousness for. But if one is uh, in family life, then family life means exactly that, family and society. When Prabhupada used to call family, society, and love, Mitha Sutta Rama Samaja, it means friends, children, women, society, all this. So this is called Maya. 
generally speaking. But one can live in family life with wife, same husband as a representative of Narayana, Krishna, and husband, the wife as a representative of Lakshmi, Rukmini, and together serving Krishna, Radha Krishna, living a very peaceful, sane, respectable, affectionate life, and in this way, together, centering their attraction to Krishna, and themselves to, to Krishna, to share in Krishna's affection, which has 16,108 wives, but he wasn't neglecting any, just like when he went to Nani, Nanajiti, Satya, we, the text was there. Our Bible said that here are seven goals, and you have to attain them. Otherwise, you that's the condition for marrying my daughter. And by the way, they cannot tolerate even the smell of a prince. And many bold, courageous, strong young princes came to take these bones and thus take the hand of my daughter, but none of them could stand it even a minute. They all had to leave their bones broken because these bones are so dangerous. So Krishna very easily uh, subdued the seven bones, and at that time to do so, he expanded himself into seven forms. Now he could have put a ring in the nose of each bow simply by doing it in one form, but he took seven forms to show Nagarajiti that so I really have several wives. Now I can expand myself into many forms also. So you won't be left alone. I'll be in the different forms with other wives and I can be with you also. So Krishna is unlimited. Even though he has got so many wives, friends, and in each wife's palace, there were so many maidservants. That was the system where the king gave his daughter to a Shatri prince, or as in Rukmini's case, Krishna stole away But then afterwards, in Vishnika, the father of Krishna came and said, No, very nice, well done. You did a good job there, student my daughter. Congratulations. Now here's the dowry. And then the dowry. Not that they were arguing, well, that's a Mamaliti car, Mixie, and not like that. But out of luck, they would be the king did. So one of the things they would hear would be so many maidservants who would go as attendants to the queen. So Krishna was looking after them all, late servants, bad servants, so many devotees, so many children who might be grown. Krishna had 16,108 wives. And how many children did he have by each wife? Ten. Is that right? Ten sons and one daughter, eleven by each. By each. So whoever's good at mathematics, by 16,108 by 11 comes to about uh, 1 by 80 approximately. 
So he had about one and a half eighteen children. And he didn't neglect like any of them. He knew them all by name, looked after them all very nicely. And they also had many children. Krishna knew them all. He looked after them all. He was affectionate to them all. Because Krishna is unlimited. So our aim is to enter into the family of Krishna. That Bhaktisiddhanta Sutta That once there was a dispute between his Vihasta disciples on one side and the Brahmacharis and Sanyasis on the other. The Brahmacharis and Sanyasis were saying, We are renounced. We are austere. We are living in the temple. We are 24 hours engaged in Krishna's service. And you are all Pacha Vihasta. Pacha is a Bengali word which means Ratana. So you are all rotten grihastas. But the grihastas are saying, no, we are better than you. We are maintaining, we are giving money. It wasn't for us. You couldn't eat your rice. Three times a day. Mountains of rice. Send all the They had unapproved mahotsa three times a day. So, uh, so some controversy arose. Each one was saying, we are better than you, we are better than you. So the matter came to Bhaktisiddhanta who said that our aim is to become Tamanam. Our aim is not to be renounced. Our aim is to enter into the family of Nanda Maharaj. That is an So, actually Krishna, he's also a Brahmacharya. Vasamuni, he also taught Krishna is a Brahmacharya. Vishnu also said Krishna is the best Brahmacharya. But he's also the best family member. So Brahmacharis they can take shelter of Krishna. Vyastas they can also take shelter of Krishna. Sanyasis also, because the best sannyasi is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Jyotishya as well. So Krishna is Setting the ideal example for everyone, which has many forms, many pastimes, all of these pastimes are extraordinarily wonderful. And the essence of all of them is his intense affection for his devotees, which devotees, when practicing devotional service, always remembering that our aim is to develop our love for Krishna. Become very soft-hearted. That doesn't mean to become sentimental, foolish, but basically that our heart is melting in love for Krishna. Devotees are praying for that day. Kavi Hari Bhagavan Shri Nama. Amar Aparada Ruchi. Shuddha Nama Ruchi. Hari Bhagavan Shri Nama. When will the praying, when by chanting the Holy Name, means to attain love of Krishna. When will I give up my offenses chanting the holy names? And then uh, I will gain a taste for chanting the holy names. And love of Krishna will manifest in so many symptoms. When one actually attains love of Krishna, then his bodily colors change and 
người bị làm thân mềm so mình Wilson says I didn't know this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told that his own guru, Ishwara Puri, taught him what is the essence of Shiman Bhagavad Imam Sapriyanam and Vidya Imam Vata Sapriyanam which are Janadana and Arna with the children Chai, Azakti Taurotati Gayati, Umarada, Nekati, Lokavana This is the essence of Shiman Bhagavad which is the essence of all spiritual but this verse states that when one has actually attained love for Krishna but what is he doing? chants Hare Krishna very loudly not caring for the opinion of others and outsiders he dances and laughs and cries so this is the aim of Krishna consciousness to attain Love for Krishna, in comparison with which, Jara Agi Sunatunya Chari in comparison with which, everything else in this material world is no more significant than a piece of glass in the street. Hare Krishna. Any question about this? Yeah, I was saying in family life one can develop soft-heartedness uh, which can then be which can that soft-heartedness is it's also required in Krishna Bhakti so the question is well is it required that we then become married to develop that in some cases it may be Sometimes, there's a term in Sanskrit called Pati Brahmacharya it means excessive Brahmacharya, someone is That's then uh, maybe you know, we need to be softened out of it. Brahmacharya means stern, but not hard. It's different. That's why in Krishna Bhakti, even performing Many too much austerity is not recommended because it can make a heart hard. It doesn't mean that yeah, that's an excuse for engaging sense gratification. But if one is uh, too much hard by his practice of brahmacharya, he's actually rude to others or not considering their feelings, and that may be brahmacharya, but it's not Krishna. Krishna Bhakti means that one should develop all the qualities, especially in relationship with others. Because Krishna Conscious means to love Krishna, and then loving Krishna means to love all other people. Again, not on the sentimental term. One may express his love for others as Prabhupada often did by calling them fools and masters. It's also possible. But Prabhupada is doing so was from the Act of love, so we need to uplift them, not that he hated them. 
And we know you come and pose and ask us, and wouldn't we like to make sure they got prasad? We didn't say that, well, we'll pose and ask we're not even going to give you prasad, just to make sure you go to hell because we deserve to. So you pull and ask and take some prasad. At least get saved that way, somewhere or So it may be, if someone has a misconception, that uh, that's a common misconception, that to be a brahmachari means to be rude to women in some sense. No, one should be aloof from it, not rude to Aloof from means eventually the brahmachari should interact with women any more than he because we can't. I mean, we can go to a king in the Himalayas. We never know, some yogi might come and sit around, we don't know. And uh, I mean, even in baby culture, the brahmachari go begging door to door from the housewives. Who comes and gives chapatis? The housewives. So, uh, some interactions there, but not more than this. Is. And that was, generally you see in traditional cultures in India, even young boys and girls, even not particularly brahmachans and demeanors, there was very little interaction. But you wouldn't talk. Boy from another family wouldn't talk to them. It's not allowed. So there's very strict social, um, Restrictions. But uh, that doesn't mean that one exhibits one's Brahmachaya by being rude and such things. That means actually that uh, one is not properly renounced. Because if you're, if you're actually renounced from desires for enjoyment, then you can speak politely to a woman. If you are so much agitated, then there's some fault. The fault is with you. With the fault so. There's that story where the comes up in the Buddhist Jhana stories. Where two monks were walking along the path. They came to a river. Some woman was there. The river was high, so she said, I can't cross, can you help me? So one man got down, so get on my shoulders, carry her over, put her down, and then they walked. Well, after about half an hour, the other man said, There's a woman over the river. The other man said, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll carry her all the way here, we don't mind. In other words, he took her. Doctor, the daughter. The other man carried her in his hand. So maybe if one is uh one is unnecessarily harsh. Generally such a person is very powerful. So you may need to be humble by, by having 
catch up on themselves and say, hey, it is this, it is And then you also become humble. When we're talking about these things, it's in general terms. We take it into a place as to be sincere. It's not that we have to think, well, now I must get my life. Maybe you will be good. At the present time, you are Brahmacharya. So at the present time, practice Brahmacharya. When is it training? Brahmacharya is a training for whatever comes next. More Brahmacharya, maybe my life, maybe Sanyas, but the training for all is the same. And one can be a better than has to be trained as a Brahmacharya. We actually Well, as the same girl, she can win the horse tomorrow, but you can't possibly win. <laughs> so, it is the duty of a preacher to preach, and it's up to others to accept their preaching or not. And mostly, you see, you don't get too explicit. See, what usually happens in family. When sometimes they are very much enamored by each other and they are very much, they may be, in the beginning especially, more inclined towards something. But if they are chanting Hare Krishna and following the process of Bhakti, then the effect will be after sometimes they do. What was all that about? Okay, now it's time to get serious about Bhakti. With general reality. Hare 